Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I am your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, Michael Whifford. Meow. So that is to let you guys know that today we are doing the bonus episode for Sandman, episode 11 of season one here, which is a two-parter. We have, first of all, what is the name of the title, Mike? A Dream of a Thousand Cats, which is animated. Our first animated Sandman episode, and then we'll be jumping in after we get done with that one into the second part, which is Calliope. And so we have that coming to you guys today. But before we get into that, we're going to go through the typical reminders here, where if you want to get in contact with the show, you can send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. Gmail. If you want to get at us on Twitter, that is fantasy rewind or at fantasy rewind. Uh, and if you want to send tweet, us tweet. an Instagram message, comment, you know, follow us there. Slide into our DMs. That is at fantasy rewind pod. All right. If you do that, you guys get a sticker. Just ask us for it. It's yours for free. All right. For free. Jumping into the content here, Mike, which is a dream of a thousand cats. Yeah. What were your overall oh thoughts gosh. on this episode? Because since this is a kind of like a more of a fluff extra bonus episode here, we're not going to really break it down, break it down, but we're just going to talk about it and just kind of go at it that way. So, what were your overall thoughts on this uh, this feline filled feature? It was good. Uh, it followed actually the short story in I forget which uh, one of the graphic novels it was, but it followed it very closely. Um, it was it was neat seeing it represented because it's not one that I would have thought uh, would have gotten the treatment. I like that they did it in an animated way. I thought that was neat. The animation itself uh, I thought was okay. It wasn't like the biggest fan of it. Agreed. Um, but I thought overall that it was just a fun like romp into the story and kind of showed uh, into sorry the dreaming and the uh, Sandman lore and showed how you know morpheus can show up to different ways to different creatures and people and beings right 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 you had morpheus in this uh this episode here present himself to the cats as like this gigantic like jaguar type of looking thing almost um Mm -hmm. yeah it was a very strange episode for sure (laughs) i'll say that um (laughs) i want to agree with you though that like the animation style itself i wasn't the biggest fan of but I'm I am actually glad that this was an animated episode because I felt like that played to this episode's strengths as opposed to like seeing um, realistic cats being like fifty feet tall, like tossing humans into the air and eating them. Like I thought that was a uh, a good choice to go animated there. Um, but yeah, I thought that it was also interesting to like note how different creatures can enter the dreaming and not just humans. So there's, like, all kinds of life that can be found within there. Mm-hmm. But this basically follows the story of these cats gathering to hear, like, a prophet cat talk about how they had a dream that if if she could get 1,000 cats to dream the same dream of, you know, rising up against humans and becoming gigantic creatures again and making humans small, like, subservient creatures that it would come true. And she talks about how 
dream told her that the reverse is how humans came to be in power with humans uh, getting together a thousand humans dreaming the same dream and again we've heard throughout the series that dreams have power so hearing about how if a collective dreams this same dream that it actually changes reality and becomes true was a very interesting concept even if it did make me wonder how much catnip that cat had gotten into. <laughs> um, what were your thoughts on like that aspect of it? Well, I think you touched on it really well because it's very much a, you know, sort of message. Dreams are powerful. And it, even if it's not like the literal dreaming, like, you know, I'm just going to sleep and dreaming something, but like having a shared dream with somebody else, you can, it motivates you to work towards that dream to make it a reality, mm-hmm. right? And if you get a thousand people to believe in something and to think it's true, you are effectively making it true. changing reality. Yeah. And so while this, you know, has cats kind of as the guys, it does sort of it does sort of paint the picture of like not not quite what if, but you know, has this happened? Has there been a time where people didn't view things like as right or just and they got together and they had a shared dream and it changed how reality was and you think about our history the world's history and i'd say yeah Mm -hmm. and i think it's a it's a beautiful message to really anyone or any group where it's like they're being treated unjustly or they're the they're the group that's not in power Mm -hmm. um and how you can you can create change yeah, and I, I gotta say, like, I think that, again, using cats as the guys for this makes it maybe not quite as serious of an episode, but the messaging, like you just explained there, is one that is actually quite important and one that is, you know, deserving of attention. Like, having that shared dream to create a difference in the world is a powerful thing, and it's one of the qualities that a good leader has is to be um, a person who is capable of inspiring multiple people to have that same vision as them. And so whether they are um, a cat mad that their babies got drowned in a river looking for revenge on humans, or whether they are a downtrodden cast of people who are looking for a way to for a better life, you have the same message being applied, which is, dream it make that dream spread to others and then together you guys can, everyone can make that dream a reality now yeah i also think it is also just incredibly cute how at the end of the episode you see the little kitten back in by its fireplace a roll on its back kind of like pawing at the air like having that dream of being a gigantic beast and eating these humans and playing with these humans toss them in the air and the humans are like, oh, how cute. She's dreaming. And it's just like, yeah. if only you knew. <laughs> yeah. I think, too, though, if even if you just took it at face value about, like, cats and, like, that situation, I think there's something to take from that as well. Like, you sort of have to reflect and think about, like, how you've treated your animals. Right. Or, you know, creatures in your life or people in your life even who are less powerful than you and, like, have you treated them, is that a reflection of how you would want to be treated in that situation? 
you know, you think about the gentleman, like, taking her kittens and throwing away. She won't even notice. And it's like, she does, though. And You're still murdering you kittens. Shouldn't, yeah. And you shouldn't even, you like, that made me so upset, oh, you know? know. I was, and I think... I was shocked. <laughs> and I think, like, it should make you feel that way and think about other people, not just animals, and but people, too, and, like, in situations that aren't, that aren't great. And, like, is this the right thing to do? Um, so I, I think it's, you know, a cutesy kind of episode in some ways, but also thought-provoking in a lot of other ways. Yeah, it's a uh, surprisingly deep it episode. Good. It was good, though. But um, the second part of episode 11 is where I think, in terms of, like, the Sandman universe and the meat of um, the, kind of progressing the story a little bit in some ways, episode 11... Uh, Calliope. Calliope. Uh, it's kind of where it takes the cake here. And it, it this was very much a more horror-ish kind of episode. It had some more elements there in it, uh, I thought. But I, I like this episode a lot. What were your thoughts on it, Dylan? Oh, I thought this episode was great. Like, I, I liked uh, Calliope's episode quite a bit. Um, I thought that it was a very very different take on a Sandman episode that we've seen so far. Um, just because, like you said, it was more, like, straight up... I don't know if I'd call it straight up horror, but, like, straight up, like, thriller, yeah. almost. Where yeah, you have, like, probably a, better. A, a person who is fully and knowingly taking advantage of, in multiple ways, another. Whether they're a goddess or not. Mm. Like, it's still, like, showing oppression... And I guess that's kind of like the connection between the two episodes here, or two mm-hmm. the two sides of the same episode, rather. Um, but yeah, I thought that Calliope was a very enjoyable and very well done episode. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so in this episode, we have we kind of follow a struggling author mm-hmm. who um, goes to this older author who used to be very famous and. He apparently had made a deal to him, a deal with him, like he would bring him this clump of hair, which apparently has some poison, I don't know, some mystical properties, this guy believes, and he was going to um, trade him that for this muse, who was going to inspire him and give him ideas, and the author didn't realize, um, Rick, right? Yeah. Rick didn't realize that it was a literal woman. Uh, like a literal Greek was, goddess muse. Yes. And uh, and he was going to have to take this woman and... Um, yeah. And <laughs> this abuse is a, her. kind of an uncomfortable episode. Yes, and abuse her basically in order to receive these gifts of inspiration. And um, you get right off the bat there that the other author just treated her as a piece of... Yeah. garbage yeah. or just a some you know it he only used her for the inspiration and did not view her as a person or as something that should have feelings and even talked about her that way right mm-hmm. like her whole purpose is to inspire men like us and uh <laughs> no no that's even if she is a goddess like uh, don't think you should be treating anyone or anything like that right yeah talking about how you gotta look at how you treat your animals and everything too like this guy treated calliope worse than 
than an animal. Like, he did not treat her like she had any value at all outside of her ability to give him ideas. Yeah. But he uh, he ended up having... Um, he, he ended up getting his just desserts when he died of poison later, so I guess there's that. But I think Calliope really showed kind of like another end of the spectrum and how to treat, like, how to sort of view people. Um, because we we have throughout this episode, the author basically ends up abusing Calliope to gain fame and fortune and to write another book. And uh, Calliope, you know, calls for help from to two different people. Mm-hmm. The first one being the... Uh, the three-in-one. The three-in-one, a.k.a. also known as the kindly ones, but only on rare occasions. Uh, and they say, hey, we can't, we can't help you because, you know, technically, legally, because, you know, myth, mystically or whatever, uh, this guy, you, he owns you technically, right? And it's kind of a weird whole Greek or... I don't really want to get into the weeds and explaining it, but there's some contracts with the goddesses and this guy... Yeah, it's like a mystical contract that he was able to take advantage of and exploit. Yeah, pretty much. Thank you. Um, and uh, they're like, we can't help you, but, you know, who could? Morpheus or Honorus? Yeah, I think, is I how think that's how they said it there. Called, yeah. And she's like, no, I would never, because they are ex-husband and wife. And their relationship did not end well. They had a child together, and their child's story did not end well, and it impacted their relationship and she blamed him for the whole thing and yeah so eventually though she does call morpheus in and gets him involved in the situation because she just she can't take it anymore yeah yeah you know just being used for whatever this gentleman needs or wants right and so um morpheus intervenes and he confronts the author and the author's like please no don't take her i need her I need her for all the ideas. And Morpheus is like, oh, do you? Even though she's been in prison for 60 years, like, you're not just going to let her go? Mm, Okay. I'll give you ideas. You want ideas? I'll give you ideas. Careful what you wish for. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think this was such a poignant scene um, where he's, you know, teaching or like giving a lecture because he was also a professor and... He's, you know, talking to his students, and one of his students asks him, oh, where do you get your ideas from? And he's like, oh, you know, <laughs> my ideas don't come from a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Morpheus is like, okay, you'll get your ideas from everywhere and everything, just like you say. And then he just starts spouting out ideas. But then he can't stop right. spouting out ideas. And he just keeps creating ideas and saying ideas and... He's like, I gotta write him down. I gotta write him down, and he has nothing to write. He starts writing. He writes him in his own blood. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he frees Calliope, and um, he ends up at the hospital. And at this point, after Calliope uh, intercedes on his on on his behalf to have Morpheus stop what she's doing to him, he's like, "Okay, I will if you say so." He's like, I wouldn't, you, I wouldn't forgive what they've done. And she's like, no, I'm not forgiving what he did. I'm forgiving the man. Because if I don't, then that's going to just eat away at me. And I think that was like a really important lesson too for Morpheus. 
Because doesn't um, Calliope ask Morpheus to forgive the the person he has imprisoned as well? The woman down in hell? I don't think she did. I think she um she asked if he was ready to deal with his grief. Ah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Meet and mm. meet and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, perhaps just not yet. But not. Yeah. And she's like, I understand. And so one thing and I so thought th- sorry to interrupt you, Mike. No, I was just gonna say that uh there's more to that story and if we get a season two, I'm sure we will get more information on that. But yeah, so what I was gonna say is that one thing that I thought this episode did very well is showing the duality of man as well. Where you see this author, Rick, kind of putting on a face for the public, putting on a face for their, his like persona that he's out there. Like he's being like commended and recognized for how well he portrays women in his work, how much representation like he is like out there pushing. And then you think about how he's getting all of this information by exploiting a woman, whether she's a goddess or not. Like he's still getting this information by abusing a person um, for his own ends. And then he's being like talked about like how he's such a great person for, for putting out the works that he is. And so showing that duality between there, I thought was very, very interesting. Just like a, a mm-hmm. way to kind of show how this guy is a complete hypocrite and fraud. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, he got what was coming to him, in my opinion. And yeah, and I, I mean, I thought that some of the messaging within this episode as well about like how Calliope changed her tone on like when is it okay to ask help from somebody you might not be on the best of terms with. You know, like, having that that uh, relationship between her and Dream kind of brought in a little bit and not really explained too much other than that Dream's her ex-husband. But talking about, like, how they share this grief of losing a son and that grief has impacted them both in different ways. Like, mm-hmm. when Calliope was dealing with her grief to start with, excuse me, it sounds like that's when she got captured was when she went back to the pools or wherever to go and um, mourn her son to like be done with dream. And then she gets captured and taken up by that first author there. It's just like a, a very interesting episode for sure. And one that I thought had a lot of interesting characters. Like Calliope was very interesting to me as well. And it really makes me, want to see more of the three and one as well. Like, I think that every time they've been on screen so far in this season, um, it's been a very, very cool performance between like the switching between like who is talking and how they're all the same person, but they're all their own person too. And just how Calliope is like in the same vein as them actually. But yeah, yeah all in all, I thought this episode was a strong, strong point for the season. I thought. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for you to learn more and for hopefully all of us getting a second season. Now, remind me, I, I just, I literally just watched this like a, earlier, but um, did she happen to mention how he, he had changed too? Like, I think she did because if this, if this was the old days, you would have like, yeah, she acknowledged the change that dream 
had obviously, you know, undergone over the course of the season. And one of the things that I was struggling with was trying to figure out where in this journey that we've seen Dream go on throughout season one, where this episode fit. And I almost wonder if that's why this episode was used as a bonus episode. And, like, it was filmed and they didn't really know quite where to put it. And so they ended up kind of, like, saving it to the end and then kind of release it as a bonus episode, like, out of context of the rest of the season. Yeah. I'm not sure, honestly. But also, too, there's nothing that says he couldn't be in multiple places at once. That is true. That is true. We haven't seen that done yet. But uh, bringing the King of Dreams, I'm imagining if he's in multiple people's dreams, like... That's uh, it's possible. But anyways, yeah, so what were, were all of your thoughts on this very interesting final episode for Sandman Season 1 where we had Calliope and the Dream of a Thousand Cats going on, showing like that struggling of, uh, of a person in the thralls of someone they don't necessarily want to be um, throughout both of those episodes, and even that theme persists throughout the season of Sandman too with, you know, Dream being captured in the very first episode here. Um, and um, even uh, Rose, yeah, Rose being a well, vortex yeah. and having this responsibility. And Jed. And, yeah. So it's been a lot of that. Been a very consistent very theme prevalent. throughout the whole season here. Um, mm-hmm. Let us know what you thought of these new episodes, or this new episode, which is a two-in-one episode, not a three-in-one um, but <laughs> this is actually going to conclude our Sandman coverage for the time being, and we're really hoping to be able to get back on here and talk about Sandman Season 2, so make sure you tell everyone you know about Sandman and promote the heck out of this great TV show, and maybe we'll be back to cover some more Sandman content in the future. can only hope so. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, but this is going to be Two Nerds signing off. See ya. See ya.